Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome to Speed City with John Massengill, Les Kaiser, and Jonathan Green. It's the fastest hour on the radio. Speed City. Good evening, gearheads. Welcome to Speed City. We are live in Austin, Texas. Uh, this John Massengill sitting in studio with Les Kaiser and Jonathan Green. What's up, boys? Happy, Man. Happy New Year, folks. Man, yeah, we, Happy New Year. Yeah, Gosh. we are first show of the new year. We're excited, man. We got some killer guests. We got lots to talk about. You wouldn't think it was the off season. It, well, hardly. Um, it doesn't feel like it. <laughs> no, man. We, so yeah, tonight we have Jordan Taylor of yes. Corvette Racing now to talk about the new C8R that's been racing down at Daytona. Will it be embarrassing for Ricky to lose to his brother in a new car? <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't know. I hear he's pretty fast without the mullet nowadays. <laughs> yeah, Jordan Taylor's a fun interview, too. He's a he's a fun guy. If you follow him on uh, social media, he does a bunch of cool stuff, but he's a fantastic race car driver, and he's in the new C8R that we've been talking about already. The, and actually, new- you know, we, we talked about it with Joseph Newgarten when it first was announced, but this is a guy that's actually driven it. Yeah. And he's driven so many different cars, including Corvettes over the years, and he's a badass around Daytona, so he's the perfect guy, isn't he, really? Oh, oh yeah. man, it's fantastic to have him tonight. And uh, let's see, we, we got a couple other guests, too. Jonathan, we got uh, well, the, the lone American in the Toyota Racing Series yeah, on the show. Yeah, I'm really excited. Uh, I'm heading down to New Zealand next weekend. Um, the series starts in two weeks. Um, so we're gearing up for the 16th year, a brand new car, the T60, um, which is now in line with all of the F3 and Euro F3 um, open wheel, yeah. Open wheel. Uh, it's got the halo. It's got the super license points. Um, but yes, one American. We had Cameron Das last year and um, Juan Manuel Correa. This year, we've got uh, Spike Kolbecker, and he's racing, funnily enough, for Kiwi Motorsport, who are the American champions of F4. Uh, so this is uh, and based in Dallas, just down the road. So. Um, some you know, some friends of ours, as it were, friends of the show, uh, but he is getting into a really good outfit, uh, and he's got an interesting story because he's already been to New Zealand, but not with TRS. Uh, that's right. That's right. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, but TRS such a great proving ground and test ground for all these racers, so it's going to be fun. But yeah, and if we've Spike- got time, I've got another interview that I take this morning with and whether we're returning. Um, driver from the Czech Republic, uh, Peter Petacek. Yeah, but Spike Kolbecker is from where? Uh, Missouri, Missouri, St. Louis. Okay, St. Louis. He's a he's a youngster. I mean, this is a big adventure for him. Yeah, a big step up. Yep. And and Peter, we'll get an interview interview you did with him as well. So. Yeah. All right. Well, let's talk. Uh, we got a couple stories I want to talk about before we get too far into IMSA land and Corvette land. And uh, you know, there's one of them is um, less you were talking about in Formula One about something that Chase Carey said. Yeah, about about teams must make sense is basically is the gist of it, right? Right. They got to make sense uh, not only for themselves. You know, they don't want somebody to just come out and give a poor showing. They want a good show. They want competitive you know, things like that. You know, and not only from a team aspect, but from uh, the race and adding more races to the calendar. One of the things that he wants is we want to add more races to the calendar, but they've got to be good races. They've got to be interesting places they've got to have some something to bring are you agreeing with that idea i don't want to get to the point that we see formula one every weekend mm-hmm. but year round yeah yeah but absolutely formula one has grown up showing us the amazing locations around the world and i want that to continue and uh, quite honestly i mean i love that it's such an impact on economy for these countries yeah that uh, it can help countries develop more. Well, join join the join the conversation because I'm going to disagree. Well, not disagree with you, but I'm going to take the opposite view. Five one two six four three five four eight three. If you want to weigh in on this, but 
the bottom line is the reason why, uh, you know, 22, having done, <laughs> having done the full season of Formula right. One, I know how hard it is, but 22 races will stretch the budgets even further. We're talking about a budget cap now of $175 million. Um, but if you start doing 22 races and then... You're, and you're going from country to country. I mean, look at some of the places that they're going from, you know, one area, like when they go from Brazil to Abu Dhabi. You're going around the world, and staffing-wise, you, you're getting to a point, and this is the worry once you get past the 20 mark, is that you're going to have to almost have two teams. Yep. Um, yep. Because two, people, two support teams at least. Well, and you know, you don't get to see your family. You're living out of a suitcase. I've been there, done that. Um, and it just actually, Ooh. you know, it gets more expensive. Because you're always on the road. So in, in order to keep everybody replenished, if you're going to do more, and I yeah. I mean, I get the idea. It, it, it's, I mean, you know, you look at NASCAR, right? But it's all in America. Yeah. So sure. it's doable. Do. Yeah. Whereas this is so much more. I mean, you go to Japan, then Malaysia and Bahrain, and then back to Europe, and then you're off to Canada. And it, whoa, you know. No, I'm, I'm with you. And, you know, that's one, that's only one facet of it. Uh, you know, that's where we got to face the budget that's going on with these and understand if we're going to increase the number of races, we've got to do something about the budget to keep things intact so that I can't afford 24 races a year. So I might as well not show up or just resign myself to the back of the field every time. Mm -hmm. So I understand there's going to be uh, some several adjustments to accommodate more races. Uh, and, and also, I, I guess my question budget. is what, what, you know, what can, what will help Liberty grow? But what will sustain the Formula One ten teams, especially the smaller ones? Yeah, that they'll, they'll be able to afford to go racing. I mean, you think about a couple of years ago when Marussia and Mano right. were racing. I can't believe that they Catrum could they go on twenty two races? Yeah, on the budget that they had. Yeah, no way. Yeah, I mean seriously, there's no way. You know, look at Williams now. I mean, you know, they're barely getting by. Add another two races. I mean, what is it, a race? I mean, who knows? But Yeah, and you have to define barely getting by. I mean, uh, they're not competitive. Is that getting by? Yeah, I mean, yeah, they're showing up, and they're fielding cars. <laughs> and they got sponsorship. But... And, and, you know, but but does that count when you're so far off the pace and there's you know every single week you're going to be yeah. at the back of the grid? So Yeah, but, uh, you know, as far as more races, I want to see Formula One go back to Switzerland. Beautiful course. What? Why are we not when, in when, Switzerland? When do they go to Switzerland? Oh, it's been back in the 80s. Was but it? that's my point, oh. is there's some amazing places that aren't there anymore. You know, this article that you did was on Crash.net, you're linked to, that you're talking about uh, the drive, the teams must make sense. This is also talking about expanding to 12 teams. Yeah. And going back to what you just said about Williams and, and Manor and all this, they, he's, he's talking about how the teams have to have a strong business plan and have to have it all figured out and... A, a financial viability to them. I mean, yeah, I guess fielding a team, you said it, you do have sponsors. If you're, if you're paying to get it all done yeah. and the sponsors are willing to accept the fact that you're never going to win, that you're never going to be besides the back of the grid, I guess. That well, if works, the business but... model, if Liberty moved the business model forward and the, and the money's bigger and the, you know, you, you have a price cap on what you can spend in development, let's say, I mean, we've already worked out and we had Dave O'Neill confirming this, that, you know, the teams that, that, that like Mercedes are already developing two years ahead. Yeah, you know, so they're going to spend the same 100 million. It's just how you do it. So you're not going to actually change Formula One overnight, but it's a good idea to to, to change things bit by bit. But you're going to need more money in the in the sport if you're going to have more races and more 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 people effectively. Yeah, it's very true, and and yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out because, uh, yeah, I I think that. I like most of what Liberty's doing, but, you know, there's risk in every I mean, change. I agree with you. I love the fact that we're going to Vietnam and we're going to yeah. Holland next year. I right. mean, th those are those are two really interesting, very, very different reasons for going to, to a race. Vietnam, again, gets to be on the map. Um, we all have this sort of, you know, uh, rose-colored or version of, uh, of Vietnam in our heads from all the movies from Hollywood and the war and so on and so forth. I've been actually and done a... Uh, done a a documentary there it's a it's a wonderful country and nothing like perhaps what you might perceive um but and the same obviously holland's got a completely different reason and that's mainly max Verstappen and it's huge history in racing they should be the dutch like you mentioned switzerland I mean, the dutch grand prix should be uh on the calendar especially with the interest uh currently both in, with the fans and the talent that they're producing i mean you know richard Vashore just won macau we know what verstappen's doing and there's a whole bunch of others coming up 
Yeah. You know, uh, speaking of Zanfort, uh, you folks check out the videos that uh, they're putting out from Circuit Vanzort, uh, Zanvort, and uh, they're really making a lot of progress. Even, almost on a weekly basis, they put out a drone video. I haven't quite figured out this 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 oval part of it. Is it one corner? It is <laughs> one large corner that is banked. Do they like do that. a loop the loop? Yeah, do they do a. <laughs> yeah, it's like a matchbox. Yeah, it, it's got the little spinny wheels on the side. Oh, good, and when good, they good, go good, through, good. they're going to zip up uh, faster. I like that. We're doing away with DRS there. Good. I, I like that idea. We could we could work that out here, Coda. <laughs> yeah, I think they're gonna. Hey, we could do a loop. A we could do a loop at the top of the hill, back down into so two. Back down into two. Okay. So you yeah. go up. You know how you at your old. Uh, Can we paint it orange? Like your old, old matchbox. That's what I was. We were saying yeah. the same thing. Yeah. Paint it orange. Here yeah, you go. Just paint it orange. Actually, yeah. are we gonna do the wheels? Are we gonna do the SST hot things wheel, where you got to pull the rip cord to start them all? Oh yeah, I remember that. <laughs> that sounds like the old uh, Evil Knievel. There you go. Totally. I remember that one too. Yeah. He kept falling over though. You know, there's all kinds of creative it's like ideas. A real thing. Somebody get Chase Carey on the phone. There you go. We've got it all sorted. We've got it all covered. <laughs> uh, let's see. Les, you had another story in our show document. Uh, a new F1 team for 2021? Yeah, that <laughs> is uh, one of those things. I, I'm interested in it, but when you get down to it, again, it's the, it's everything that we talked about, whether it would happen again. Well, what's what the this rumor, is, though? is Campos. Uh, is potentially coming up out of one of the lower-ranked formula classes. And so it's great to see somebody that's a seasoned team has done well in the past that now they're looking at coming up in 2021. So it is absolutely a possibility we're seeing it there. Uh, It's a Monaco – there's some Monaco influence on it as well. So it should be interesting. I think there's a possibility of another team in Campos who are already an established racing team – seems to be the most obvious where rather you know the, the hasses that come out of a literally out of nothing um to start formula one um that's tougher uh, whereas if you've got an established junior team that you can then ramp up um it's not dissimilar to where you see um uh effectively alfa romeo's uh sort of sauber alfa romeo yeah down through the juniors to f2 f3 f4 and so, yeah. All right. Well, let's go and take a break. And when we come back, we're waiting on Jordan Taylor to call and talk about racing that new C8 Corvette. You listen to Speed City Live in Austin back after these messages. As a rider, you know what you like the power, the feel, the ride. When it comes to gear, you know what keeps you safe. Ducati Austin provides riders with the finest in day and easy leathers, the best the market offers. Visit Ducati Austin on Breaker Lane just east of I-35 and throw your leg over the most iconic sports bike ever built. Ducati. Even take it for a test ride or see what's been described as art on wheels from MV Augusta. You know what you like. See it at Ducati Austin, online at DucatiAustin.com. At Circle Brewing, the belief is less is more when it comes to brewing a better beer. You won't find any chemicals or additives, only water, malt, hops, and yeast, and absolutely nothing else. Just simple ingredients and outstanding taste. It's German purity with Texas ingenuity. Find the brews on tap all over town in your favorite store or drop by the tap room at 2340 West Breaker Lane. Open Thursday and Friday nights and weekends. Log on to circlebrewing.com. Circle Brewing Company. Born, bred, and brewed in Texas. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Talk 1370, the right choice. 
Hi guys, I'm Dan Tickton, winner of the 2018 Macau Grand Prix 65th edition, and you're listening to Speed City. Welcome back to the fastest hour in radio, Speed City. Yes, and with some urgency, we're urgent, going to go straight urgent. to our first guest of the night. We Let's are sort of avoid very, the we are very excited to welcome our next guest. He is the driver of the number three Mobile One Sirius XM Chevrolet C8R, Jordan Taylor. Jordan, welcome back to Speed City. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Oh, man, we are excited to have you. Okay, you've got to be one of the luckiest drivers this season. I mean, we're, we're salivating just to see the C8s, and here you are on track in one. Yeah, I mean, you know, Christmas and Hanukkah and all the holidays <laughs> were last year, but as soon as January hits, you know, like, it's the season for me, and with a new nice little present here with the C8R and getting our first official lap to the Roar this week ahead of the Rolex. Um, you know, it's exciting. The test went really well for us these three days, and, I think we're all looking forward to coming back at the end of the month. Yeah, well, let's talk about the test. test yeah. yeah, talk about how everything went, how competitive the car looks and everything. Yeah, it's great. I think we uh, we nailed a lot of things down that we wanted to. Um, we had a big checklist of things that we wanted to go through and, you know, a lot of little things that you don't think about performance-wise. Um, like, the car's new, so all the ergonomics are new. So things like driver changes, seat belts, seating position between three different guys. Uh, there's new drivers in the car, so getting everyone comfortable, things like that, but... I think just looking at the timesheets um, for a new car, I think we're rolling out better than we expected um, com- competitive-wise. And I think the main thing for the Rolex is being uh, reliable and so far so good on that aspect. So I think it was a solid test. I think we, we got through most of our program that we wanted to. And when we get back, we'll, uh, we'll, be, we'll be looking good. Jordan, i got to ask, I mean, am I right in saying you literally shook down the car, I think, back in October? But, I mean, none of you have really had any real time in this car. I mean, the guys have been in and out of it over the past two years through development. Um, they've done a lot of simulator work with it as well. My first time was at Daytona back in November for a two-day test. Um, it was Katzberg's and Fassler's first time, you know, this week. And, you know, they were able to jump in and get right up to speed. The car is very, you know, user-friendly. The old C7R and C6R with the front engine had a very unique driving style to it. And the new C8R with the mid-engine, um, I'd say it's a lot more driver-friendly. Uh, you know, got a wider range of you know, operation, the, the window's bigger to drive it. So it makes it easier to, to jump in and, and go quick, which is nice, especially for endurance racing. Um, but I think this early on in development, I think there's still a lot of room for improvement that we'll be learning throughout the year. You know, I, I've heard Chevrolet engineers and everybody at Chevrolet talk about the fact that they took on the road car, that they took the C7, they took that platform, their, you know, front engine rear drive, with more and more and more horsepower, they took the platform as far as it could go. They just said they we can't get any more performance out of that. But would you agree the same thing? You know, I like the way you put it. You know, the C7R had a unique – I mean, do you feel like it was kind of at the end and, and we needed to do this? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's hard, it's hard to say. I mean, I was out of the C7R the past two years, but, you know, the, the car was – you know, pretty old by the end of it, and I'm pretty sure they were nearing the end of development on it. I remember when I was in it in 2017, you know, there were still some things to figure out, but I think by the end of it, they'd, they'd maximize its potential, um, obviously winning multiple championships with it and being a super successful car. Um, but it was, I think, time for something new, something exciting, like the C8R with the mid-engine. I think, you know, Ollie and, and uh, Antonio were in the C7R and C6R for years, um, so for them, you know, it's a big adjustment, you know, drastic driving change and seating position, what, how you see the corner, how you feel the car, the way the tire works is all new for them. So at least for me, it's uh, easier. I'm just jumping into something new for them. They're, you know, having to readjust, even though it's still a Corvette. <laughs> yeah. I got a question, Jordan, when, you know, you've driven so many different cars and, and you've certainly driven this track many, 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 many times. But when when do you get that sort of racing driver grin on your face when you know you've got a good car underneath you? I mean, this is you're going into the unknown here. This is one of the toughest races in the world. You're up against Risi in, in Ferrari. You're up against the best Porsche can give you um, in terms of the opposition. BMW, you were faster than today, I noticed. But I mean, when do you kind of get that grin on your face as you come through the bus stop and go, "Yeah, this this car can 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 do what I need it to do." Yeah, right. Yeah, I mean. Instantly, as soon as we got there, you know, we were ready to go. I think, you know, we knew what everyone was bringing to the table. The BMW has been the same car coming over from last year. And, you know, the Porsche is new. The Ferrari is the same as last year as well. So they're kind of in a in their later development phase with those cars. I think 
Porsche is coming out with their new car, which we saw this week for the first time. You know, the Corvette guys, this may be the first public test with the car, but they've been doing, you know, work for, for years now on this mid-engine car and the simulator and the wind tunnel, um, track testing it over the years. And this week we were able to put, you know, in these three days, 1,200 miles on the car. So wow. we did a we did a ton of laps over these three days, and that's the, that's the biggest part of it is, you know, putting miles on it, seeing, you know, where the strengths and weaknesses are and coming back with the strongest package. Well, Jordan, I want to ask about the car itself. I am a big gearhead, and I, I've been reading about the engine. And it's funny, I can't, I haven't really found official things about the new engine that's in the C8R, the race car only versus the so road car. So you're going to ask him? Well, I mean, he may not be able to <laughs> tell me, but I, I mean, I'm reading things He's like. He's heard it. Like, yeah, I've heard, heard, heard it on the, on uh, IMSA.com and stuff, but uh, I'm hearing things like flat plane crank and dual overhead cam and uh, things that, that, you know, that sound like the, the rumors we've heard of the next generation of uh, like Z06 and things, but what can you tell us about some of the hardware? Yeah. I mean, I'm not the most technical guy. When I hear all those words, it's like a big bowl of spaghetti for me. Glad I'm not the only one. Oh, sorry, that's, that's my dog. <laughs> Crew chief. <laughs> ah, yeah. We've seen him on some of your videos. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's just parking at the window right now. Um, no, but yeah, the new engine is a flat plane crank V8. Um, from, from a driver, I can only really speak from a driver's point of view. I can't really sure. speak from an engineer's point of view, but uh, the drivability of it is very, very nice. Um, you know, when you're on track, you wouldn't know it's a V8 the way it drives. It's, it's very pure. It's very direct. Um, what the, as you drive it with your foot, it's very predictable, which is exactly what you want, mm. especially in, in this form of racing. Like when you go to Le Mans, you could be driving in half, half a wet track, half a dry track. You know, you want a predictable engine, a predictable, you know, power band, and that's what this engine gives. And um, I'm sure the guys have done tons of research and development on it over the past couple of years. And, you know, knock on wood, it's been reliable now through testing. And, you know, the performance seems very strong. So it's a lot to learn. It's a lot of new stuff. Um, obviously, they've been running a similar platform with the engine over the past few years from C5 to C6 to C7. So this is definitely something new. But we've got the best guys working on it in the business. So I've got, you know, all the faith in the world in them. Fantastic. Well, I know there's been a lot of changes related to the uh, aerodynamics. You've, you've cut off the mullet, but as far as the car goes, uh, it's drastically different than the Corvette you were last in. Uh, how stable is that? Is it giving you more confidence uh, from an aerodynamic portion? Yeah, I mean, when I did come back to Corvette, a lot of people were talking about my hair. Um, because last time I was there, I think I did have the mullet, but uh, no, I mean, Actually, I don't even know what the question was. What was the question? <laughs> sorry, let's just, let's just just perennially rude to our guests. We're sorry, Jordan. I, I apologize. Hey, look, the mullet is just one aerodynamic change. I know there are others. What uh, can you pinpoint anything? Uh, does it feel stronger for you aerodynamically? Just to, he just wanted to talk about the mullet, but he's asking about the aerodynamics yeah. of the car. <laughs> no, yeah, well, honestly, most people do just want to talk about my mullet. <laughs> We're all a bit jealous. So I'm just used to talking about it. I'm not used to talking about the actual car itself. But, uh, no, I mean, with the, uh, the mid-engine, you know, the drivability and the, the predictability of the car is way better than weight distribution. So, uh, like I was talking about earlier, the driving style, um, for me, feels more like just a normal race car where you don't have to trail the brake off in a certain way. You don't have to be extremely smooth with your hands. It's very predictable. The C7 R often did some stuff that was a little bit more unpredictable um, where you had to just kind of be a little bit more cautious sometimes, but with this car, it produces more downforce for sure. Um, with the weight distribution, it's way more predictable, low speed under braking, um, power down. So I think so far, I, I mean, it's checked off every box that I could imagine it, of it being positive. Um, the only negative is it's a little bit harder to get in and out for driver changes, but I think that's just going to be become like a muscle memory practice thing where we just need to start practicing it more to get our, you know, our emotions down. Let me ask you a, a sort of general question. This is the roar, obviously. I mean, we're a long way off the 24 hours, and that will be the ultimate test, obviously. Um, but And there's a long way to go in development yet. But what is the buzz at Corvette? I mean, Ford have had quite a few a few years of sort of, uh, of patting themselves on the back, winning Le Mans, coming back after 50 years, all that kind of stuff. We've had Ford versus Ferrari in the movies. Everybody's been talking about that. But Corvette bounced back with this, this C8. Are they kind of getting excited? 
Yeah, I mean, the first day, you know, Friday was the first day of the roar, which was the, the real first public day the car's been at a racetrack. It's obviously been at a couple of car shows like SEMA, um, which was obviously popular, but I think the racetrack is the true test to see who comes out to, to really see it. And, you know, if you know Daytona, you know you walk around the corner to the garages. Yeah. And we were one of the first garages, and you could tell, you know, the first thing is when you walk around the corner, there was by far the most people, you know, That's around awesome. the garage. Corvette, and you could just see Corvette racing hats and shirts, you know, everywhere, and it definitely it. outweighed everyone else, you know, combined. So, I think it's great. I mean, I've never been asked so many times, you know, what do I think of a new car as I have this week um, about the C8R, and I think everyone's excited. Everyone's excited. There's something new to look at, um, to cheer for. Uh, the C7R was an amazing race car with an amazing history, but now there's something new, something exciting, something they they can you know be excited about to cheer for and. You know, they're not, there's not too many of them on the street right now, so it's cool to see it on the racetrack, you know, firsthand and see it up close. And that's the nice thing about sports car racing as well, that, you know, you can get, you know, right up next to them and pretty much touch it and talk to all the crew guys, the uh, engineers, the drivers, um, and, you know, get their feedback on it. Uh, you know, the, the you, you touched on it, but the legacy of Corvette racing, what, eight 24-hour Le Mans championships, I mean, countless, countless wins over the years. I mean, Cor- Corvette racing has a, a fantastic racing history, but I, I feel like there's a massive weight on all you guys' shoulders now with this. I mean, because the, the C8 Corvette, the mid-engine, after 60 years of waiting on this car, you know, we've heard yep. rumors my entire lifetime about Corvette becoming mid-engine. There's, this is a huge uh, – there's a level of expectation that's just yeah, got to be true. enormous, not only just for the car itself, but for you guys too. I mean, I, I'm assuming you're, you're, you guys are, are feeling that, and, and there's been discussions about that. Yeah, I mean, uh, there is obviously going to be pressure and a lot of expectation, a lot of eyes on the program, especially with it being, you know, like you said, a, a big change for Corvette um, as a brand going to the mid-engine after all these years and having been talked about for so long. So I think from a driver point of view, I think the transition has been extremely smooth so far um, with how well, you know, the crew is able to work on it, the drivers are able to feel the engineers can work on it and tune it. Um, and from the fans, you know, just using social media, seeing their reaction, you know, people love the look of it. It's, it's a great-looking car and a great-looking race car, and I think, you know, it's definitely different. You know, some people aren't going to love it at first, but, you know, people are afraid of change, you know, a lot of the time, and I think Corvette's going down a really nice path with this car and, you know, sticking with the times with something new, and I'm excited about it. I'm, I'm excited to share it with people, you know, and it's, it's, it's fun for me to be a part of the program and see all these Corvette racing fans, you know, super excited about it, especially, you know, firsthand at the track this week at Daytona, just seeing people's, you know, big smiles and everyone have their cameras out and wanting to take pictures of it and be excited about it and share it with everyone else. Um, so, yeah, I think it's an exciting time for Corvette and, and Chevrolet as a brand, and I think it's going to be, a, you, know, you know, center of the world stage come the end of the month of the Rolex 24. I really do too. I have a I have a friend that's expecting his in the next few weeks, and he's just all bonkers and everything. But uh, I just got to imagine you've got a lot of Corvette owners that are uh, yeah. anxiously awaiting yeah. theirs. Uh, are you going to get one for the street? <laughs> that was my question. <laughs> oh, there you go. Uh, I mean, I, I don't have one on order. If that's what you're asking, um, I I actually haven't even driven the street car. I drove the race car. I actually saw the race car before I ever even saw a street car <laughs> version of it. Um, you but, a race no, I'm, loving, I'm loving driving the race car. Uh, I've got an old C2 Stingray of my own in 1965 um, that I enjoy driving around the streets, you know, every now and then. But uh, yeah, if I can get ever get my hands on a, a street car C8, I'd love to give one a try. C2. Well, we know Joseph Newgarten came on the show and he was asking after one because he just won for Chevrolet. <laughs> so uh, if you can hook him up, hook a brother up, you know, <laughs> that would be nice. Forget Joseph. How about us? <laughs> hey, Jordan, I, you know, we are in Austin, Texas. I know you guys don't have all the plans set, but, man, we get, we're going to get to see the C8 when it, uh, C8R when it whack, comes to yeah. Austin for the World Endurance Championship. We're excited about that. Yeah, I don't think anything has been confirmed about it yet um, regarding actually going there. I haven't heard anything personally, um, but I think it would be great to have Corvette back there. I know the team's won there twice in the past. Yeah. I've always enjoyed going to Austin. The city's right there with a great background with the city. And the track's a lot of fun. I think I also won there with Wayne to the Racing and a Corvette. Yeah, did, yeah. um, a few years ago. So 
I'd love to go back. I know Texas is a big, uh, you know, has a big fan base for, with Corvette. I think uh, there's seven of the top 50 Corvette dealers are there in Texas from 2019. Wow. So there's always a huge fan base for Corvette, and it's uh, obviously a very American state and a very American brand. So I think it'd be a great place to be. America down here in Texas. That's right. Uh, so we're just one, just a little more time we got left, but what about, so you've, you've talked about the time you've had in the car between now and the the Rolex, what kind of time are you going to get in the car anymore? Or what's the next, you know, development for you guys? That's, that's it for me. Um, I'll be off until I guess Thursday practice. Um, I you know, I just got back home now. Um, I only live about an hour from the track, which is nice, but (laughs) a lot of the guys European, so they're, about to fly overnight to get back home, but you know I'll write my test report back to the engineers and mechanics and send in my notes about how the weekend went and what we can work on and you know what we need to really focus on for the for the race we can only get back. But you know the drivers have it easy. We just you know send in our notes, um, study the video and the, the data, work out a bit and uh, prepare ourselves. But the engineers you know will dig over the data for you know all these weeks leading up to the race, go through all the changes we made at the test, you know arrow levels, ride heights springs, all that stuff, and, you know, try to come up with a game plan to have the best, you know, car possible when we get back. So they've got a lot of workout, you know, cut out for them, and the mechanics as well. I'm sure there won't be many days off, but that's why, uh, you know, Corvette racing has been so successful in the past is they uh, they don't rest very much. Yeah. Uh, last question for you. You know, we do our Formula One show on Sirius XM, and I noticed the Sirius XM logo on the side of that Corvette uh, C8. I think they've been on there before, but... That's pretty cool to have. I know that uh, there's a lot of motor racing on Series 6. I'm good to have them as a sponsor, huh? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I'm a big, you know, music guy and radio channel guy, so we don't get to listen to you guys in the race car, but uh, <laughs> to and from the race track, we get to listen to you guys. But it's always been great to have a partner with you guys um, and the team, and, you know, it's good to have, you know, partners out like that to, to the big events as well. Awesome. Well, Jordan Taylor, thank you for coming back on Speed City. We appreciate it, and uh, best of luck for the season, and uh, we'll we'll get you back on again soon. Yep, sounds good. Thanks, guys. Good hey, luck, thanks buddy. for your time, Jordan. Thanks, man. See ya. See ya. All right, we got to go straight to break. Speed City Live from Austin, back after these messages. When you're looking for traditional Tex-Mex, look no further than an Austin favorite, one in a million. Serving original family recipes since 1980 and located just minutes from downtown at 2300 East Cesar Chavez, one in a million has your Tex-Mex fix every day of the week from 7 a.m. to 3 p.m. Breakfast is served all day. Homemade migas, enchiladas, and menudo. And try the Don Juan taco. Some say it's big enough to feed a family of four. One in a million. Online at oneinamillion.com. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Talk 1370. Hi, this is Rusty Wallace, and you're listening to Speed City. Welcome back to the fastest hour in radio, Speed City. Hey, you know what, Jonathan, during the break, Jonathan was talking about the, the, the impressions that Jordan gave us 
Yeah. And there's, there hasn't been much information well, out there. We, we were searching ourselves on the net, right? There's yeah. Nothing, there's there's really. just not much about the, the engine like I was searching for, but I didn't expect it to know. But it, but it, it still has got the new car smell. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it really has. You can smell <laughs> well, the leather interior. But also, what struck me was that, you know, I kind of figured the, the C8R would have coming off the, you know, development uh, after out of the lab onto the trailer into the track, but they've obviously done a lot of yeah. of getting the car settled well, before then. I know that, but I was, I, I, you know, you you realize that there's been a lot of development done before. Well, to go to go to go and race it at the hardest race. I mean, you, yeah. like I said, you saw the Ford versus Ferrari movie, yeah. and you know, you, you know, the first major test if you're going to take this thing to Le Mans or get in the World Endurance Championship is always the t- the 24 hours. How many miles did he say that he did this weekend? 1,200. That's what I thought. 1,200 miles yeah. this yeah, weekend. You know, miles. and that's that's one thing I always love about you know January is you know forget football we got the we got the 24 what's football jason garrett who it's... what cowboys never heard of him <laughs> yeah he'll just be yeah. a how about them cowboys yeah yeah unfortunately no how about them yeah yeah do any of them have mullets <laughs> a few. Uh, probably Alrighty. probably so uh yeah next so up. you know what let's go ahead jonathan you want to yep. introduce our next uh interview yeah uh, and we've actually got a live caller coming on uh in a couple of minutes but uh i want to introduce you to the first of what i hope will be all 20 of the toyota racing series uh drivers as you know each year i go down to new zealand and do the up and coming super loose super license scoring championship which is without doubt in my mind the most prestigious single seater championship there is and it's all uh, blocked into six weeks of racing uh, and you know ferrari academy drivers red bull juniors uh you know the next f1 champions lando norris won it a couple of years ago um lance stroll was a winner in it so it's a who's who um and i spoke to peter petacek from the czech republic who Bless is you. thank you uh who's just 17 uh, and he's coming back, so he'll be one of the favourites this year. He's only 17, but he uh, is coming back for his second run at the championship. And since I last spoke to him, or since we last uh, were in New Zealand, he has done racing in Japan, the United Arab Emirates, Italy, Spain, and where else? Gosh, he's been everywhere. That's so, it? <laughs> so uh, anyway, I spoke to him this morning, and he's the, f- the first of uh, what I hope will be many interviews uh, about the Toyota, the Castrol Toyota Racing Series coming up starting in a couple of weeks' time. So this is what Peter had to say this morning. Okay, Speed City fans, I'm delighted to welcome onto the show uh, ahead of the 2020 Toyota Racing Series, uh, young Czech driver, 17-year-old Peter Petacekov Jr., who also took part in last year's championship and is coming back to New Zealand for another run at the Toyota Racing Series. Um, Peter, first and foremost, um, wow, what a 2019 season. You've been very, very busy. Um, Yeah, uh, I did quite a lot. I did uh, the TRS last, uh, last year. I did uh, the Formula Renault Euro Cup and uh, one race in Asian F3 in Suzuka. So yeah, I think it was a it was a tough year. Um, let's say with the traveling, but uh, you know sometimes the years are like that. This one uh, or 2020 is already busy too. So yeah, it's it's uh, it's quite normal to me by now. But um, yeah, obviously 2019 wasn't the, the best year on on bike for me. But I, I gained a lot of experience. And, um, yeah, I think I can uh, use this experience in my favor for the next year and uh, also in TRS. Well, let me ask you this. I mean, you did TRS last year uh, with uh, Giles Motorsport. You got 11th place and a podium at Hampton Downs. Um, what, let me ask you this. What did you learn? Because it was, you were, you know, you were, you were still just uh, new to single-seaters pretty much. Or, or very inexperienced compared maybe to some of the other drivers at the time. So what did you learn last year from TRS? I think uh, the, the biggest, I don't know how to say, like the biggest um, step in my career that I, that I did because of, of TRS, um, it was, I was never in a position that I would, that it would be so tough and, you know, within a team uh, that doesn't have the same, uh, let's say the same budget and everything as as other teams. So it was, you know, learning that uh, sport can be also difficult at times, and sometimes you just have to calm down and just do do the best possible and and not overpush. 
so it was kind of a um, kind of a ex- kind of it's it's not nice to say, but it's it's experience that you need um, when you know you have one teammate that is uh, that I had Raul Hyman who was uh, who was experienced quite a lot, and, um, and then I had two teammates that uh, Thomas Smith was just starting his career, and Dev Gore was uh, yeah he did he does he didn't have too much experience. So I didn't have uh, really a lot of people to learn from, and we were in a kind of a blind position. And yeah, it was just about calming myself down, and I think that was what uh, what made me a better driver. And yeah, then the track time in New Zealand or in TRS is amazing. So also that was a big help for for next year, for this year actually. So tell me, when you left New Zealand um, and then headed off back to Europe, how how important was that for to help you with your Formula Renault Euro Cup and and, and Italy with the rookie title? I think in uh, Euro Cup uh, it was it was quite tough this year, but uh, New Zealand helped me quite a lot because we were in a similar position as I was with Giles Motorsport. The team didn't have too much experience, and my 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 teammate was more experienced than I was, but he was on a he was a rookie too. So even though he did other categories and uh, quite a lot of testing in GP3 car, he was still not not like the driver to be on the top. So it was it was still difficult for us, and we struggled a lot, especially in the first part of the season. But I think. New Zealand helped me in a, in a way that I came and I was ready straight away. And uh, I was a bit more on the pace than, than my teammate. But I expect this year to be even better, uh, especially because I'm driving with Intec Race GB. So, uh, yeah, this combination should be should be good. Last year they were promising already Intec. I was surprised by by the job they've done. And, yeah, this year they have a help from Race GP. So I think that's just massive help for, for for them and i think we can make a good team together yeah now let's talk about that because that's an interesting tie-up both for mtech uh and for race uh, racing you met them am i right uh at the yas marina you did the test for them yeah yeah i can confirm that so how how did that go and what do you feel about the team that you're coming into uh, this 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 season yeah, they were bloody good the whole season. They were on pace straight away. It seemed like they, uh, yeah, they were just much more organized than uh, than all the other teams, and that's what what led them to the title in in Euro Cup in general. But also, yeah, when I was testing with them, it was it was completely different story. Uh, I, I seemed like I'm trying something something different than I was used to the whole season. I felt like it's a different car, so. Yeah, I'm, I'm happy to join them in New Zealand. You need to watch these guys that we've got on, like Peter Petacek that was just on, because we've had a few of them on over the years, like well, some you may have heard of, like Lando Norris. Uh, Lance Stroll, yeah. Lance I mean, Stroll, they are, yeah. Uh, I mean, last year's winner, Liam Lawson, is back to defend his title. He was seventh at Macau. Marcus Armstrong just moved up to F2 with Ferrari Academy. Uh, we've, got sev- we've got two uh, Red Bull Juniors. Um, um, Sonoda and Lawson, and we've also got Renault Formula One juniors um, and Sauber Formula One juniors. So it's you know this is the this is the real deal. Yeah, and we've had all these young drivers on for years, man. You got to just just keep. In fact, go look up some of those. How about that Lando Norris interview from like four years ago? But... <laughs> yeah, we predicted it when he was just a little boy. Yeah, you called him the next Lewis Hamilton, and that was in like two thousand. Yeah, and you all kind of went, "Really? That's a little pushing the boat out." Yeah, now look at him. Now look at him. Hey, I want to talk about another couple of young drivers. Well, first of all, Kyle Kirkwood and um, Dakota, Dakota Dickerson, Dickerson both did great over the weekend at Daytona. Yeah, they did. And but there's a another young driver I want to talk about before we go to break and hear our live interview. But um, Riley Dickinson, we had him on the show about I don't know a month or so ago. Yeah, yeah. But he won the 2020 IMSA Hurley Haywood GT3 Cup scholarship. From he's from right here. Cool. I think he's from New Braunfels, like right yeah. down the road, like yep. 30 minutes down away. Opposed. What do you and, what do you down the, how do you say it? Uh, down the road a piece. piece. D- down the road a piece. Down there near your mom and them. Yeah, I know William. I'll get it, Yeah. And this scholarship provides eighty-five thousand dollars in value for him, and includes the full season entry in, uh, in in IMSA, a full set of race, a free set of race tires by Yokohama, twenty thousand dollars in parts by Porsche Motorsport North America, 
custom suits, all sorts of cool stuff. And we had him on the show. That's another name you need to watch, Riley Dickinson. So he's only like 17 years old. So, yeah, we're following those young ones, especially during the offseason. But let's go ahead and take a break. But when we come back. We've got a youngin'. we got a youngin' on the phone. We're very excited. So we're going to have Spike Colebecker on the phone. So you listen to Speed City live from Austin, Texas. Back after these messages. At Circle Brewing, the belief is less is more when it comes to brewing a better beer. You won't find any chemicals or additives, only water, malt, hops, and yeast, and absolutely nothing else. Just simple ingredients and outstanding taste. It's German purity with Texas ingenuity. Find the brews on tap all over town in your favorite store or drop by the tap room at 2340 West Breaker Lane. Open Thursday and Friday nights and weekends. Log on to circlebrewing.com. Circle Brewing Company. Born, bred, and brewed in Texas. Winding Road Racing is your first and best choice for all the essentials for a great weekend at the track. We're racers, and we love helping racers. With a full selection of racing gear in stock, get geared up with all the safety equipment needed to meet all the latest Snell FIA and SFI regulations. Outfit your car with a comprehensive lineup of racing necessities, and when you need to find a few more tents, turn to data acquisition systems from AIM Sports, V-Box, and others. Austin based with shops in California, Georgia, and Kentucky. The source for all your racing needs. Winding Road Racing WindingRoadRacing.com. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Talk 13.7, the right choice. Hey guys, this is Shay Holbrook, driver of the number 67 in the W Series, and you're listening to Speed City. Welcome back to the fastest hour in radio, Speed City. Welcome back to the show. What do you got, Les? That's right. And, uh, hey, we're going to miss out on seeing Shay Holbrook behind the wheel this year. That's nice. right. She's got one in the oven. That's right. She's got no a good way. excuse. Did she find out what caused it? <laughs> she hasn't got time for all that. That's why you're the pretty one. <laughs> oh, God. Until the lights come on. All right. We're going to throw to you, Jonathan, because I all want right. you to introduce our next guest. Okay. Live on the line, we have an up-and-coming racing driver from the U.S. of A. We've been looking for the future. And we always do on this show, especially when it comes to Americans. Uh, I think we were the first to really introduce you to the likes of Carl Kirkwood and Dakota Dickerson. And last year, Cameron Das at the Toyota Racing Series. Well, I got a new name for you if you haven't heard of him. Spike Kolbecker from St. Louis, Missouri. Uh, Spike, welcome to Speed City for the first time. Hey, thank you. Thank you. Thanks for having me on the show. Yeah, first time and hopefully many more many to come. Many more to come, yeah, all the know. way to Formula One. <laughs> all you got to do is get to the podium and you get in here. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like that. Listen, you've got a, a really, I believe you, are you still 16 at the moment? Uh, I actually just turned 17 Fair on enough. December 13th. There you go. All right, well, happy birthday. No, but you and just uh, a, Connor Daly are right there yeah. about that time. Let's let's talk about your story because I love it. Um, I, you don't know this, but I tried to tr- try to track you down last time in Taratonga last year because I could see you in the Formula Ford car, 
And I was like, hey, there's an American here. I got to talk to him. And I remember calling John up and going, hey, there's, a, there's an American here. And then, of course, I, I, dropped, I went off back to Auckland and you went off back to doing what you were doing. Um, but you are just starting out in single seaters, um, but you've already had huge success. Tell me what you've been doing um, in the uh, 1600s, literally around the world. So the, I've raced in three different championships in F1600 just to build my resume up and see how well I can do it in those races. Um, I raced in Canada, um, and then I went down to uh, New Zealand where you saw me, and then I went over to the UK and uh, finished second in the championship over there. And also, awesome. I believe you missed. We talk, just talking about scholarships. Uh, you missed out on the uh, just missed out on the the uh, scholarship that Jeremy Shaw runs. Am I right? Yeah, I was. I was a bit unlucky on that, but it was a great opportunity that uh, Jeremy Shaw provides for me and the the other people, uh, the other drivers uh, that were there as well. Well, we're looking at video of you right now in those Formula Fords. They look like. Just so much fun to race. Uh, it's wheel to wheel. You've got no um, downforce. I mean, it's pure yeah, racing, no isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's uh, pure racing. We're uh, pushing each other down the straightaway, and it's um, it's a great learning base, and I really enjoyed my time in that class. So you are, I mean, talk about the deep end. I mean, we just mentioned Lando Norris and Lance Stroll. There's going to be a host of other sort of next next sort of generation, uh, like Liam Lawson and like Yuki Tsunoda um, here in the Toyota Racing Series in just a couple of weeks. How do you feel your first ever real international championship with Slicks and Wings and at the highest, highest level? I think it's great. You know, I'm, I'm here for a, a challenge, and to get better in racing, you have to find someone that's better than you, and you learn off them. Um, so I'm, I'm really up for the challenge, and I'm excited. Awesome. I, uh, I was just sitting here looking on your website and you've got, you do have a ton of all this racing experience, but you also put in a lot of time karting way, you know, it looks like, I don't know, I, there's like a page of karting, uh, championships and everything else you've done. Yeah. I used to do a lot of karting. Um, I started out when I was four and, um, <laughs> worked my way up and won a few national races and then converted into cars. You know, that's the that's the story you hear. You know, every Formula One driver, everybody at the top, it's like they started at age four, five, six. Actually, four is pretty young. I don't think Lewis Hamilton said he started at six or something. But uh, but yeah, I mean, that's that's that, that's to me, that's where you start and and get your your, you know, your initial experience. But what what got you to, to racing and, and, and all the karting and everything? Um, it was actually my grandpa. Uh, he was a car collector and a Porsche club member. Ah. And he was to get it. Uh, I was to get a present for uh, Christmas right after I turned four. And um, I, it was kind of a family outing, and we all enjoyed going to the tracks uh, all around the U.S. and just racing, and uh, it was a lot of fun. That's cool. Well, I mean, what I find interesting, uh, Spike, compared to a lot of Americans, and, and you know, we're we're all big Formula One fans. We follow Formula One very closely. We obviously cover the Formula One here um, and the IndyCar here. But we we talk to so many young guys your age who are kind of focused on America and Indy and the road to Indy, and yet you've already raced in both Britain, New Zealand, and Canada. So clearly, yeah. you you know, your yeah. mindset is such that you want the international experience to be noticed. Yes, you know we're we're not really uh, trophy hunting to say, um, but we we enjoy um, traveling, and we've uh, we really go for the best experience, the most track time, and a really high competition uh, skill set in that field. Uh, so that's that's really what we're chasing all around the world, and that's why we've come back to New Zealand. What's your long term goal then? You know, I'm I'm a racing driver, so any any car that you give me, I'd I'd love to drive. Um, <laughs> I really I really haven't um, thought about the future, and um, I'm I'm just to get to the future, you have to do it one step at a time, and that's what I'm focusing on. All right, earlier you said you like to uh, to go to see the driver, to be around people that are really good, to learn from them. You got to have some favorite drivers in the highest levels of sport, like IndyCar, Formula One, whatever. What? Who are your, some of your your favorites or your idols or whatever? 
You know, I, I really haven't uh, thought about that much, but there's some really good drivers that I look up to, like uh, Joseph Newgarden. And, um, he won the championship last year in IndyCar, and he was uh, – I like to see him as a really determined guy, and I, I, I want to reflect that onto myself and um, pronounce that in, uh, in the car just like he did. You know, I noticed you're racing for the current American champions, Kiwi Motorsport, who, of course, are originally from um, New Zealand, uh, but race here in the States um, and are based in Dallas. They just won with Josh Carr. Uh, I was following the series. Um, great team, uh, Gary and Tina. Um, is your hope to kind of maybe stick with them afterwards and come back here? Um, that's yet to be determined, but um, I think Gary and Tina are – uh, a really good uh, – well, they run a really good team, and they're both very nice people. Yeah. Um, I, ha- I had the chance to meet them last year and this year, so I'm, I'm uh, excited to work with them this year and uh, maybe into the years of, uh, to come. Right, so you just said you just turned 17. How do you balance the school yeah. and, and, and uh, dates and girls and all that stuff? How do you balance all that with your racing? Well, it's it's a bit difficult, but um, my school district has a program that allows me to do online schooling, and I've been doing that uh, for the past year now, and that's that's a really good flexible schedule because you know you can just uh, if if you miss a day you can get caught back up, and that's a big help. Um, and family and friends, uh, I see them when I can, but uh, my main focus is racing. I was going to say, you, you said in one of the articles, we've been looking at your website and we're, we're showing it out on the website, on the uh, on our uh, Facebook now. But, um, you know, you said that you want to be that hometown boy that, 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 that comes good uh, because it's not like we, we know that many names that have come from. Uh, well, there's a few flying names that have come from, from St. Like Louis, Missouri, but <laughs> not many racing names. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, we're we're trying to build a uh, STL made um, based program, and I want to uh, pronounce out or push out STL, and um, want to have good local sponsors and uh, just from STL. So that's that's really what I'm pushing. That's really cool, very cool. Well, listen, I'll be with you in a couple of weeks' time and looking forward to watching you race. Uh, no pressure. Uh, you, the, the shoulders of American uh, motorsports on you. On you. Uh, <laughs> so, um, no, we're really excited for you. Uh, what are your expectations? I mean, it really is, like I said, first time in Slicks and Wings in, a, in, in the toughest championship in the world. Um, I know you know some of the circuits, which will help, um, but what are your expectations for, for this next five, five weeks ahead? My expectations are just to learn and push myself as hard as I can and to do the best I can. Uh, I'm really excited to see how uh, what, what the competition is. And I, just from looking at stats, they're, they're all really good. And that's, that's how you get better. You race with other good guys. So I'm excited. Well, listen, make sure you tell – I mean, we've got a good audience and they love getting behind young Americans. Make sure that we know what number you are, where you are on social media, and, and how we can uh, keep following you. So I'll be car number five this year. And uh, for social media aspects on Twitter, that would be Racing Spike at yeah. Racing Spike. Nice. Uh, I like it. What, the website is Spike Colbecker Racing. Instagram, Spike Colbecker Racing as well. And Facebook is Spike Colbecker Racing. You got a great name for racing. <laughs> yeah. Racing Spike. Like it. Yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a good nickname and it sticks with people. So that's good. Well, thank you so much, Spike Kolbecker, for coming on the show. We really appreciate it, and uh, best of luck down there in, in uh, New Zealand. And, of course, Jonathan will be down there guiding you, guiding you through all that. Thank you. Thanks for having me on the show, and I look forward to seeing you. All right. All, all right, right, guys. Travel safe, buddy. Thanks, Spike. Bye-bye. He sounds like a nice ah, kid. Good, good kid. I like it. Yeah, yeah that's hey, going to be fun. You know, it's, I, I really I like the fact we've, there's a there's – a, a new um, prerogative as well now with the road to Indy. So we should see more Americans now uh, right. heading down they've there. They've been because, down there. Well, yeah, they've got a basic thing saying that uh, you can um, effectively get a waive your uh, entry fee if you are a member to go either way, if you want to do oh. a test. Oh, that's cool. I didn't know free that. tires and you can do a road to Indy test on, the, on their road to Indy you know, all the way up to Indy Lights. And likewise, you can get a you can get an entry into the Toyota Racing Series. So I think we'll see more Americans soon. Hey, Ooh, and I cool. love that he's coming out of a place that we don't think of St. Louis I as, know, yeah. as motor racing. I mean, there's a, they've got a 
quality drag strip there, but uh, otherwise. Gateway. Yeah. What's that? Gateway. Gateway. Yeah. That's Gateway it. International. Oh, yeah. Racing. Sorry. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. I was reading my, my, my notes. Want to make sure I didn't miss anything. No. Hey, uh, we're out of time. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Of course, go to our website, speedcitybroadcast.com, and follow all of our content there. You can find us on uh, iTunes and Spotify and all those other places. But uh, thanks for tuning in. We'll talk to you next week. Ciao, y'all. Happy trails. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.